enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast, episode 9, another week gone. I am your host, Daniel. On this episode, we discuss this week's episode of Flash and Arrow. Joining me on this panel from the Temple of Geek are newcomers Catherine, welcome, and Paul. Hello. Hello. Yo. So, we just got through episodes 12 of Arrow and Flash. Yep. And let's start off with the Flash. What were y'all thoughts on the show? I love drunk Caitlin. That that was that was a pretty awesome scene. Uh, it was amazing. I I kind of chuckled at that scene because she's like, "You can sing," and you know, he, he. I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Gustin, but he actually came from. Oh yeah. Um, Glee. Glee. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of funny that he, during that scene. He did the national tour of West Side Story as well. Paul, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, I love. I love them both. I thought they were awesome. And what were you saying, Kate, Catherine? Um, I love that there's a lot of debate at the moment about whether people should be shipping West Allen or they should be shipping Burberry. So Iris and Barry or Caitlin and Barry. But um, I love that scene, particularly because Caitlin is so drunk. It is hilarious. Um, but also just the general, it shows a lot about Barry, that he's very, he's very caring for his friends. Um, and Caitlin and Barry can share this bond because they've both, to an extent, lost people they've loved. Um, so I was really liking that. And, um, and then when she was hang- hung over the next morning, that's pretty funny too. Yeah, that, that was, that was a funny scene. He's like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, the, the whole relationship thing. Um, we know he's pining, we know he's pining after Iris West and that he will eventually yeah. end up in the comic books with her. Uh, Caitlin Snow is yeah. acting like she's starting to have a kind of a crush on him. Um, and we just got introduced yeah, a to bit. a, and we just got introduced to a new, uh, a new female character by the name of Linda Park, who we also know will be the future wife of Wally West. Um, Wally West being the uh, basically uh, Barry Allen's sidekick when Kid Flash later on. I don't know if he's ever going to be debuted on the show, but mm-hmm. seeing how Errol's going with Roy, I'm sure they're going to be introducing Kid Flash probably second and third season. Yep. Um, why do you think they're introducing all these love interests for Barry right off the bat? Well, see, here's my thing. My, my show is Arrow. I love Arrow. It is dark, it's angsty, and... For me, extremely relatable. But Flash is like going to the state fair after having having to walk through the dodgy street of that is Arrow. So Flash is like nice and light and you see scenes during the daytime. And I think one of the things they're trying to show with introducing so many love interests is just that Barry is a genuinely nice guy um, he looks out for you, he cares for people, he's nice, he's courteous, and that just, people go, poof, to that. Um, and, like, 
with Iris and Barry, they've known each other their whole lives. Um, and that's going to immediately create some form of connection. And then, sorry, Caitlin and Barry, they work together. Caitlin lost um, Ronnie and that they share that connection as well. So I think at the moment, I'm not sure where they're heading with Linda Park. I know there's a make-out scene coming up between them. But <laughs> yeah. I also know that Barry and Iris are kissing. I think it's in episode 114. There were spoilers released from that. Um, yeah. Now, let me let me ask you this. Is this just be me being a being a sexist male juvenist pig or whatever, but <laughs> is do you think they add stuff like this to these shows to attract the women viewers? No, to some extent, I definitely think you do, but to another extent, I think it was Stephen Amell who said um, that if you can't accept the relationships in these heroes' lives, then you can't accept their whole life because those relationships aren't actually part of their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So to some extent, they probably introduce female characters to attract women. Um, sometimes I think it's subconsciously rather than deliberately, but, um, also you could say that they put Oliver on the salmon ladder to, um, entice the women to watch the show, so it kind of... It entices me to the show, so it makes sense. (laughs) So, yeah, it kind of works both ways. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't. Paul, I, what are your thoughts? Well, you know my thoughts. I I love Arrow. I love Flash. Uh, as far as fl- introducing all the Flash or all the female interests for Flash, um, I think it's great. I think it's a great move. I hope it's not too quick, um, mm-hmm. but I like how they're actually starting to have structure on the Flash now. Yeah. So, um, you know, we met the Man in Yellow. Yeah. Such an awesome episode. I think. They might be deliberately moving the Flash a bit quicker than Arrow. Um, like, Arrow, it took 13 episodes before they even introduced Felicity to Oliver's actual identity. Though I have a feeling she had her suspicions beforehand. Um, yeah. But um, I think Arrow, there was a lot more emotional baggage to deal with, which they dealt with a lot in the first and second season. Um, but I think in the Flash they're moving it a bit quicker so they can probably get into some bigger storylines and delve a bit deeper into some of the greater mythology from the comics. Yeah, and that's the one thing I kind of like about the Flash is that they are they are digging into the super-powered aspect of mm. what the character is and some of his villains. Whereas Arrow is is more set in a realistic type. Yeah. You know, this could happen in our our world. And they you know, have Flash said that. is like, this isn't you know this isn't possible or not possible yep. without genetically altering something. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I I think they are rushing that out to kind of give the fans kind of a taste of you know some of the super heroics they may have been missing in the Arrow show. Mm. Um. And that's actually why I think. Ray Palmer probably fits into Central City better is because of that whole superhero aspect. Either that or that's why they're going to spin him off into his own show. Because Greg Berlanti has repeatedly said that Arrow, they're trying to keep the whole 
superpowers aspect out of Arrow. Um, so, yeah. Which is so weird because, you know, they just made it now to where these things exist in the same universe, <laughs> but yet you're trying to keep the mm. superpowers out of Arrow. So that's yeah. kind of weird that they're trying but, to do know, that. you know, they mentioned Bloodhaven again. That's why I'm telling yeah, you, I Nightwing heard that. is coming, man. Yeah. I was intrigued by that. I'm looking forward to that. And well, he, he he even made the comment that he was with an old he friend. met up with his old buddy. Yeah, he met up with yeah, an old friend, friend. in Bloodhaven. Mm. I am telling you, Nightwing is next. And like that's a lot of foreshadowing because even though what Oliver wasn't saying was true, he really. I'm looking forward to next week's episode actually. But um, that the writers love dropping little things like that, which are references to the comics and the greater DC world. It's like going, hey, here's a little taste of something that might come in ten episodes. <laughs> or next Fourteen season. seasons from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mark Guggenheim, someone asked on Tumblr, um, Mark Guggenheim, we are going to see a team arrow go to Vegas. Because um, that's where Felicity's from. And he said, yeah, season ten. And you're like, okay, <laughs> let's get to season ten. We all want to see that. Uh, do you think... The Flash and Arrow have the stay in power to last ten seasons? Um, I definitely think Arrow does. I don't think we've seen enough of the Flash to be able to judge that yet. Um, like, I know they've both got very expansive, extensive fan bases. Um, and they do really well in the ratings, but like, so far we've got enough with Arrow. Like, there is enough already there to be able to continue for at least another five, six seasons. Um, Flash, like, it's still, it's only in its 13th episode this week coming. Um, and I don't think we have enough, they don't have enough oomph behind it to think about whether they might get a 10th season or not, or that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Uh- yeah, I foresee the Flash doing really well. Um, mm. There's 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 a lot that they haven't even t- touched base. I mean, touched yet. So mm. I mean, the whole time traveling aspect and all this other yeah. stuff. So there's a lot of things that 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 shows a lot of possibilities. And I'm yeah. really hoping that they can, you know, go forth with some of these possibilities. Um, so a little bit more about this episode. You had the villain in it named Peekaboo. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically, I just like to call her a second-rate nightcrawler. <laughs> For real. Um, so, with a with a what do you call that? A telescope. Yeah, a little telescope so she can see where she was going. So she breaks her boyfriend out of jail. Um, they have to do one heist for this crime lord or whatever. So basically, to pay off his debt. Yeah. Um, they pay off the debt. The guy finds out she has abilities, so he wants to use her for some other big heist. Mm-hmm. Uh, action pursues. Flash stops him like he typically does. The one thing that bothered me about that episode was towards the end of the episode where he's running through and breaking out the lights and he's you know trying to defeat Peekaboo. Mm-hmm. It's like the car stops. He breaks out all the lights. He opens the door, and she's like, he left me. And I'm like, yeah. where the heck did he go? I mean, yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah. Flash could have caught the guy. Yeah, that episode, I don't think the previous episode was one of the Flash's stronger episodes. Um, I liked it, but I think if you had removed the peekaboo aspects and just left in 
the normal lives and the Pied Piper storyline and continued that, it would have been a much stronger episode. And then handled Peekaboo separately. Um, Because I don't think... I'm hoping what that means is they're saving up a few episodes to explore the possibilities of that a lot deeper. But I think they're still a little bit stuck on the Pied Piper thing. And I think that's going to be the rest of the season kind of arc is the Pied Piper. Um, and I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out. Paul, what were your thoughts on Cisco uh, on this episode? Basically seeing that he can actually fight and take down the Pied Piper. That was awesome, actually. It was Never so underestimate cool. the nerd. Yeah, no, don't. So, so, so I don't know if y'all caught that, but when he took down the Pied Piper, I'm, I'm sure y'all saw it. He had that little sound device. It yeah. kind of reminded me of, you know, because Cisco in the comics becomes a character named Vibe. Yeah. So I was just thinking that was kind of like the precursor to Vibe, you know, with his mm-hmm. sonic powers stopping the Pied Piper. So I thought that was kind of a cool little nod to what he eventually becomes. Yeah. Um, what I'm actually intrigued to see by is because they have mentioned that they're not looking at developing uh, Daniel Panamaker's character Caitlin much into the whole supervillain, superhero aspect yet. But I'm intrigued to see how that that plays out because I think where the Flash is going to hit problems is if everybody starts turning into someone with superpowers too quickly. Um, So, But I liked how they handled the whole Cisco thing and it was very subtle and if you didn't read the comics or hadn't heard the comics before, you probably wouldn't pick it up. Mm. But, um, you yeah, know, I was intrigued by that. And then the Pied Piper uses against Cisco, so. Yeah. Well, the one thing me and Paul used to talk about all the time was Smallville. You know, we used to love Smallville. We were addicted. Mm. We watched all ten seasons. Uh, well, well, me, of course, I own them, and I watched them, like, several times. You know, the only I, thing on, though. I, 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 was, I was addicted to Smallville. I, I love me some Clark. Um, I really need to watch that. I've heard so much about it. The problem with that show was, especially at the very beginning, every week you had a new person that was infected with, with, with kryptonite, which what was dubbed mm-hmm. the freak of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flash is doing the same thing, and they're going down that same trail. Every week we yeah. have a new supervillain that they introduce. Yep. And that's like you were saying, you know, it, they're going to run out of ideas pretty quickly doing that. Yeah. They need to take a villain like Pipe Piper or, you know, Captain Cold and make story arcs out of the episodes, I think, yeah. to kind of kind of like what they did with uh, Slay Wilson last season on Arrow. Yes, that was brilliant. Um, and which Slade Wilson is coming back. I'm really excited about that. He's, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be in a flashback or if he's actually going to be escaping the island. Episode but he is... 14. He is coming back on Arrow. Um, yes, I was really intrigued to see that Slade Wilson was back. I don't think he is going to be in a flashback, though, because from what we've seen, we know that Colin Donnell, who plays Tommy, is going to be in a flashback in that episode because Oliver is in Starling City. Um, so, uh, let me just check. So, I don't think Slade's going to be in flashback, but I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Stephen Amell posted a video from one of his knocking point wine event and he was doing he was predicting the fan reactions for the next couple of episodes um and he said for 
314 that everybody's going to go wait their wear. Um, so I think they're going to be on Leanne Yu again. Oh, here we go. Arrow the Returns. This is episode 14. Malcolm puts Oliver and Sia in a dangerous situation that lands them on Lian Yu with Oliver's form, former enemy Deathstroke. So it's going to be in the present day. So, yeah, there we go. Awesome. Hopefully we'll go to see Sia kicking some ass. <laughs> well, Paul, at, at the end of uh, the Flash episode this week, we got a little tease of a certain character. The gorilla known as Grodd. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so I was I was really impressed with the way they did Gorilla Grodd. Um, mm. I thought he was going to look kind of cheesy, but they actually pulled it off, and it looks kind of decent. Um, it was just a quick tease. We saw him basically take down two sewer plant people, I and really only just gotten into the whole superhero world thing about six months ago. Um, and I've been catching up with comics and stuff, but yeah, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. And so far it looks really good. Yeah, so I think they've been doing little teases with Grodd all season long so far. Mm. You know, you saw the cage, and then you saw like a flashback where he was, t- where uh, uh, Professor Oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank right now. Professor Stein or um Dr. Wells. Dr. Wells, thank you. Or Dr. Wells, you saw him talking to a gorilla or whatever, and you saw a gorilla arm or whatever in that one episode, and then mm-hmm. now we actually got to see Grodd. Um, I think we're going to lead up to that maybe being a season finale, maybe his villain for the season finale yeah. or something like that. You're going to find out that this is an intelligent monkey that's living down there that has a hatred for the Flash for some reason. So, mm. I yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to see what they're going to do with that. You, kind of excited. Do you think he's going to be intelligent? Yes, I do think I mean, he's going to be intelligent. I, I shouldn't say that. Do you think we're going to get a speaking grod? Yes, I do think we're going to get a speaking grod. I think so. I'm intrigued to see what they do for the season finale because um, when the first season of Arrow, you kind of had these hints of something was happening throughout the whole um series of the first season, like with the whole undertaking thing and then they worked it out about episode nineteen twenty. Um and I'm really interested to see how they handle this the rest of this season for the flash because I think this season's going to make or break. So they stuff this season up, which I don't think they will, but if they do stuff it up I don't think they're gonna do that well next season. Well here, here here's what I think for both. I think Flash is going to end with Dr. Wells somehow making it right for um, Thawne to become the reverse Flash or somehow put him in the, on the tracks to become the reverse Flash. I think is that's it how it's for going this season? For Flash, I think that's how it's going to end for, for, for the season finale. Yep. And for Arrow, I think it's it's going to end with the, with the League of Shadows, you know, him killing Rachel Ghoul or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like I said, because I'm telling you, man, that Bloodhaven thing, that's not by coincidence. I don't think they're just keeping throwing no. it out. And like I said, we've got, two year, we've got two years before he comes back off the island. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I think we're going to get Spiral as part yeah. of his um, his escapade, you know, five-year escapade or whatever next season. Mm. The other thing I'm intrigued to see is as part of the five years that he was away, are they going to do Russia a bit more? Because 
in episode six of season two, the Russian guard that they were with um, said that it's not easy to break out of a Russian gulag, and then um, and then he looked at Oliver and said, "You should know that." Which to me is like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oliver was in a Russian gulag. Okay. Um, someone mentioned to me though that she thinks probably what's going to happen is that this is going to be this season's a big season for Oliver and his personal journey, I guess. And next season they're going to invest, look into Diggle and Hive and everything like that a bit more. Um, and maybe not ease back on Oliver, but not have him quite so central as he has been this season. So, yeah. I, I would like them to actually uh, build up the character of Roy a little bit more and kind of give him... Mm. A little bit more screen time. I, I kind of appreciated the fact the last three episodes that you know he's been teaming up with Laurel and taking up the mantle. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. He's and he he actually showed that he can hold his own. So, <laughs> I, Daniel, did did you not? You know, I'm glad you're talking about that. But did you not get that vibe? It was kind of almost like a like a Grayson thing. Like, okay, Batman's away. Now I need to step up and become Batman, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of like the 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 protege stepping exactly. up into the mm. mentor's yeah role. So. Um, so since we're on that subject, that was Arrow. That was the third part of a third part, a uh, three part storyline of the return of Arrow. Yep. Um, basically Brick, uh, forced the police out of the downtown area. What, what was the it called? Glades? Yep. Uh, forced them out of the Glades and was basically going to just take it over and, uh, Team Arrow <laughs> decided to rally the rally the uh, citizens and fight against Brick. Yep. And towards the end of the episode, we got the return of Green Arrow finally in Starling City. Finally. And uh, we'll just go ahead and just cut to the chase. The welcoming home with him and Felicity wasn't so great. Oh, I um, love that scene. It, it made everybody on the uh, the, the Twitter worlds go nuts. <laughs> Which, if you were live tweeting that night, was actually really fun to watch because it was oh, just like watching. Right. Yeah, it, it, it was it was really interesting. So, uh, <laughs> would you care to uh, care to explain why that was such a great scene? I enjoyed the scene, but others mm. hated it. Yeah. Well, in season two, I'm a big Felicity fan. So, in season two, we had. Oliver and Felicity were developing their personal friendship a lot more. They were really good friends. Felicity was his executive assistant. Um, And then Russia happened, and you kind of got the first sort of any sort of confirmation that Felicity actually does have feelings for Oliver um, beyond friendship. And then Oliver (laughs) starts going out well, sleeping with the canary, so Sarah. And that causes a bit of tension, and then things build up. And then in the season finale, Oliver um, takes Felicity to the mansion, the queen mansion, and tells her he loves her and hands her a syringe so she can defeat Slade Wilson. 
Now, amongst the fandom, there's been a bit of debate about whether Oliver was telling the truth or not. Stephen Amell, thank goodness, ended the debate about a month ago saying that Oliver meant it that night um, in the mansion. And so then, flash forward about five months, lots of waiting from the fandom. In the first episode of season three, we had the date, which went horribly wrong. And then we had Oliver being stupid, believing he can't be Oliver Queen and the Arrow. Has to choose between one or the other, and breaking Felicity's heart. And so since then, Felicity has gone off to be Ray Palmer's VP, <coughs> and yeah, we've had a develop Felicity and Oliver have kind of been on rocky ground this past season. And then in three oh nine, the heartbreaking episode, and Oliver. Tells her he loves her straight out instead of doing double negatives or anything stupid like that. <laughs> um, and then he goes off to fight Razor Al Ghul. And then, much to the fandom's great excitement, his last and dread, his last thought before he dies, air quotes, is of Felicity and in the hospital. And so everybody went nuts for that. And then they had to wait 40 days um, to get to episode 10. And for me, what's been really interesting is seeing Felicity's progression through the five stages of grief. And to begin with, she was dead set against the idea of Oliver being dead. And anybody in that position would be. And then she kind of comes to accept it. um, And then... We kind of get the second sort of confirmation that, well, the first sort of confirmation that there was actually, Felicity actually believed that there was something happening between Oliver and her. Um, when she says to Ray that we weren't, well, we were more than friends, but I'm not sure what we were. And I think that's very important for Felicity as a character because she lost her father and she lost Cooper, both men she loved, and they went and disappeared on her. And then it happened with Oliver. And so, and then in episode 11, nobody knew that Oliver, well, Stephen Amell had teased that Oliver would dream about Felicity, but we didn't actually know if we were going to see it on screen. So then we saw Oliver dreaming about Felicity and then that particular kiss being rudely interrupted by a rather large scimitar through his chest, which is very symbolic because um, Oliver still believes that if he's with Felicity, he's going to hurt Felicity because of who he is. So Mark Guggenheim spoiled that Felicity was going to be mad as hell at the end of 3.12. And so I sat watching the whole episode just waiting for the end of 3.12. And then we had the scene and Oliver comes down to the lair and he says, Hey guys, I'm back. Um, and basically the whole time he's only looking at Felicity and she runs into his arms and gives him a hug and almost knocks him over. Which says a lot because Oliver Queen is not small and Felicity Smoke is quite a small person. And then Oliver Queen goes and shatters all of Felicity's expectations or what the heck was going on and 
we end up having a very heartbreaking scene in the alley behind Vedant. The Vedant. I can't pronounce that properly. Um, it's it's Vedant. Vedant. Okay, awesome. And Felicity doesn't understand how Oliver can be trusting Malcolm Merlin when he essentially killed him. Air quotes. Because Felicity cannot trust Malcolm Merlin. He killed the man she loves. And so um, she is just shocked by that and she cannot deal with that. And so then she tells him that she doesn't want to be a woman he loves because he is teaming up with Malcolm Merlin who brainwashed Thea who then killed Sarah and Sarah and Sarah are both women, women he loves or loved. Mm-hmm. So Emily Bet Ricard should get an award for that scene because it was brilliant. Yeah, it was a really good scene, and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the, basically the entire history of <laughs> that. Sorry, it was and, a bit long. Well, no, the reason why I'm saying I'm glad you brought that up is because I, as a man watching the show, feel that that whole relationship was forced. It was just rushed. And, Paul, mm-hmm. do you agree with me on that? Yes, I do. Absolutely. It, because, yeah, like like Catherine was saying, it was kind of like he was trying to save everybody from uh, Wilson, Slade Wilson. But at the same time, he was kind of like, you know, it was like he was using her as a means to an end, a means to an end of ending Slade yeah. Wilson and a means to an end of ending this emotional love triangle that he had between Sarah, yeah. Laurel, and her. You know what I mean? Mm, but yeah, mm. yeah, you're, you're right, Slade. I mean, it was it was, it was was kind of rushed. Well, So you come back after that the season break, and all of a sudden they're dating, and he's telling them he loves her, and I'm just like, no, what the heck, dude? Days. That's not dating. There's a date. <laughs> okay. A date. But still, I mean, you know, if yeah. it's a date, you shouldn't be in love with somebody. I mean, you just, oh. just broke up with another girl that you said you were in love with. Five months contained a little thing. Okay. So, I'll speak to this as a woman. Um, one thing that we are shown quite quickly is that Oliver trusts Felicity. Now, in the first episode that Emily Bett-Ricard is in, which is the third episode of season one, it is the first time Oliver smiles in the whole season, which says a lot. Um, but the thing that really got me is that Oliver really trusts Felicity, and he doesn't trust a lot of people. And that goes a long way in a relationship, particularly for a woman. I will say that. And so in season two... In the Russia episode, um, we see that Felicity, she isn't heartbroken that Oliver slept with Isabel Rochez. She's disappointed in Oliver because she thinks he deserves better. Um, and the other thing is Felicity is pretty much the only person who can yell at Oliver and get away with it. And she's the only one who will not take any of his crap about whatever it was. Like, she locked him out locked him into the foundry in the first season because he was going to go convert. Yeah, I put an arrow in a widowed father, and she's like, uh-uh, that's not happening. And because of that, he found another way. And Felicity's been a big catalyst in Oliver's growth, which I found interesting and loved watching. And then in the 14th episode of season two, uh, Felicity gets shot saving Sarah 
from Tokman. And <laughs> we see Felicity on oxycodone, which I found hilarious. But there's a very popular scene amongst Felicity fans there where he, she, Oliver talks to Felicity and says, Diggle mentions that you may be feeling a little left out. And that's not because, Diggle didn't say that because Oliver and Sarah were in a relationship. He said that to Oliver because Felicity was just feeling left out because she couldn't kick butt. Um, and then you kind of see the romantic tension grow a little bit. And even though Oliver is with Sarah, it, it struck, struck, yeah, struck me as more of a relationship of convenience. Um, like I couldn't see Oliver and Sarah then. I couldn't see it lasting in the long term. She's part of the League of Assassins. Um, but they both knew each other. They both grew up with each other. And it kind of felt very convenient, I think. And then... In the 20th episode, Sarah and Oliver, even though they've kind of broken it off, officially break it off. And Sarah basically says, we need people... No. She says, you need someone who can harness the light inside of you. So someone who sees the good in Oliver um, and trusts him. Whereas Sarah, because of her history, she can't do that. And then in the mansion episode, I actually don't think the most important part of that for their relationship was the I love you. I think the most important part was the fact that, A, Oliver let Felicity go undercover. She didn't know it at the time, but he did. And Felicity doesn't like her going out in the field. Oliver doesn't like her going out in the field particularly. But two, Oliver trusted someone else to be able to get the job done, which you don't really see at all, except for sometimes Diggle. But He's very particular about that. And so the fact that he was trusting Felicity with that, I think, was a much bigger deal for their relationship than the I love you. Um, so, and to me, I think the relationship wasn't forced. Um, they're very good friends, and you can see that continue through season two. And Oliver's, uh, Felicity's very, very smart, and Oliver's, very good looking and smart and sometimes a dumbass, but Felicity, that relationship there is he's a partnership. Very, he's, he's very good looking? Yeah. There's that too. Okay. So, so you obviously being an Elicity fan, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> how do you feel about this knowing that in the comics he ends up with Laura Lance? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think... And do you think, let me add, do you think they're going to show this in the show? As of where we are right now, I cannot see Laura, a situation where Laurel and Felicity ever, uh, Laurel and Oliver ever end up together. As of right now. Now, um, I think when it comes to TV, there is, you, when you start a new series, you'll sit down and you'll have a basic outline of where you want to head. Um, and so that's your plan. But, like, so this, uh, Emily Bet Ricard, she auditioned for one episode, and she then, she got, she kept, got a recurring role, and then she got a regular role. She wasn't expected at all um, to come into this, and I think it's probably testament to the good writing, but also for the willingness of the executive producers to deviate from the plan if something... and Changes that's good. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, again, remember, 
you know, we keep saying this. I, I love Arrow, but this really is the Batman show that 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 wasn't because Felicity mm-hmm. is basically the Oracle of the Batman side. Yeah, yeah, and there is some debate about whether she's going to be the Oracle or not. Um, at the moment, it doesn't look like it, but it could possibly head that way. But I think if she turns into the Oracle then the show's going to lose a big fan part. And not because of the Oracle side of things, but purely from the fact that I think you can have too many superheroes, I guess. You can never have too many superheroes. <laughs> yes, but within a certain the confines of the show, like, but the whole Laurel thing, uh-huh. um, I... Don't think it's going to head that direction. Um, if Laurel had been like she is now at the beginning of season one, like a lot more mature, I think it could have headed that way. But I think Laurel's probably far too independent and has, to an extent, too much history with Oliver to ever end up with. That's just my thought. I think we're going to see it, and especially with this whole split up, we know that uh, we know that she's going to be going more towards, uh, and by she I mean uh, Felicity is going to be heading more oh. towards Ray Palmer. Oh, that's, that's um, and I, I foresee the producers maybe trying to develop the relationship between Laurel and Oliver now, now that she's taken on the role of the Canary. Oh. So I'd be interested to see how this is going to start developing. I'm interested um, to see it. So, so you know, when that happens, if it happens, I'll be there to say I told you so. Um, <laughs> you know, we can all agree that uh, Felicity stole the show. I mean, she 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 was like awesome at that last scene. I mean, that, mm. that really was a good scene. But yeah. there was another character I felt was really good in the show, and that was John Barrowman's character. Oh, he's brilliant. Um, love him or hate him, the Dark Archer was really awesome in this episode. He was great. Did you see how they finally referenced him for for his true name, Merlin the Magician? Yes. yes. I was like, finally. Also here. And they had like, a little doing, which is so cool. Yeah, he kept doing those coin tricks, and I was like, he's doing magic. What is this? <laughs> and the little Nessa was like, you know, the magician. I was like, finally, they referenced his name. So, yeah, I mean. And all uh, the hardcore fans went, yay! Yeah, uh, especially us little comic geeks were like, oh, my God. So yeah, it it was a really good episode. John Barrowman was was really awesome in this episode. Oh, I'm really looking forward to him training um, Oliver here in the next couple of episodes, just to kind of see what the training will entail. Uh, and I'm kind of also interested to see if Thea is going to find out about Oliver because now that Merlin's training him, she is, she is. Um, <laughs> we know because the Canadians get much better arrows than the Americans do. Um, no, if you look up on YouTube the Canadian three times thirteen, oh, the 13th episode of Arrow promo, mm-hmm. it shows Thea in the lair, Oliver with her, and Thea going, so you're him. Which, Oliver and Thea, there's a lot of, their relationship's growing a lot this season, and Oliver made a point in Quarter Maltese episode, so episode three, that there shouldn't be any more lies between their family. And pretty much the only remaining lie was about Oliver being the arrow. arrow. And now it's kind of to Thea going, 
Well, are you going to tell him everything that's happened with Malcolm Mellon? Um, so, yeah. But I think one of the big themes of this season is reconnecting. Um, you may have noticed that the opening sequence or the title sequence for this, for this season of the Arrow is an arrowhead with the same marks as the hosen that Oliver gave to Thea. Mm. And I think that's got some level of significance. How big? I'm yeah, not sure. But, yeah. There's always some sort of hint in the title screen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do agree with you. Um, well, overall, between the two episodes... You know, this flashback stuff is all Hong Kong-based. Mm, mm, exactly. Yes. So, you know, overall between the two episodes, I would have to say that the Arrow episode was probably the better of the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I still like Flash, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. And the tease at the end really got me excited in the Flash. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Arrow episode had me really excited throughout the whole thing. Um, Kept you on your toes. What do you, what, what do you guys think? Do, are you all in agreement on that? Probably the better of the two episodes? Yeah, for me, definitely. Like, Arrow is my show, and I love Flash, but I think there was a lot of... Episode 11 of Arrow for this season felt very meh. Um, so <laughs> so I was really looking forward to episode 12 because the trailer looked really good. And um, then I watched. And then when I was watching the episode, I'm going, oh, it's really good, and the good bits aren't just in the trailer and... Um, I really enjoyed it, and I think it was a lot more, um, it's strung together a bit better. The storyline flowed a bit better through the episode of Arrow rather than Flash, but I did like Flash episode this week. It's very light-hearted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a good way to explain it. The Flash is more of the light-hearted of the two shows. It's a family show. Even though I it has think. its sewer, even though it has its serious tones. Mm. It's the sort of show that... Agreed. You- sit down with your family and watch it with, like, (laughs) 10-year-old kids, but I wouldn't do that. It's the family show. It's the the show you want to bring home to your mom. Arrow (laughs) is the rebel, the rebel that you don't want to show your mom. Yeah, pretty much. Arrow is, like, like, it's not as dark as the first season, but it's still really dark. Oh, yeah, the Arrow's going to be a dark show. Oh, yeah, always is going to be. I can't wait for Nightwing. (laughs) <laughs> mm, birds of Prey yep and they've got the Suicide Squad episode which I'm really looking forward to yes and they're still teasing it and I really have a feeling we're going to see Harley Quinn on that episode I hope so the fans are wanting it the fans are wanting it I think we're going to see it so the and that would just be one step closer to confirming that there's a Batman in this universe because mm. she's going to reference Mr. J yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah the thing they, the thing, I think the problem they've had with Harley Quinn is, um, because of the Suicide Squad movie coming out, I think it is, uh-huh. um, that Mark Guggenheim's mentioned several times that they're not able to mention her character as much, but I'm really hoping that they do in this episode. And plus, Eagle's getting married! Yes. I'm really yes, looking is. forward to that. It'll be nice and fluffy. <laughs> uh, but Ray Palmer's at the wedding with Felicity, so I don't like that. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, y'all have any final thoughts that y'all want to share? Catherine, you first. 
Okay. Um, like, I know Oliver already starts, already calls Thea Speedy, but I'm going to be interested to see if they keep pushing the whole Speedy thing with Thea. Um, I'm really interested to see how this next episode plays out of Arrow, particularly because Katie Lotz is back as the Canary, not that black Canary, but the Canary. Um, and I'm also interested to see how Roy and Sears relationship goes because that's been off for a while now and there's a lot of tension there and yeah and now that she's funny there's a spy in the mix yeah yeah that that didn't shock me as much as I thought it might but yeah chase the doggy CJ Paul what about your final final thoughts um I'm excited to see Ray Palmer's Adam or Brandon Routh's uh Adam Yep. That's coming very I soon. I am excited. You are what? All right. Yeah. Do you think they're going to spin Adam off into its own show? I, th- I think it has the possibility of becoming its own show. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really... Did you get any of that? Nope. Hey, Paul, welcome back. So what were your final thoughts? Yeah, I said I'm, I'm excited to see Brandon Routh's Adam on, yeah. flat, on Arrow. I'm excited to see um, Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. And I'm excited to see Nightwing. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about that. I have, yeah, for, go ahead. I have one last final thought, and is that if they don't end up spinning at Adam off into his own show, I think Ray Palmer's going to end up in Central City. So you think he'll be a permanent member of the Flash? Yeah. He's too happy. And he does. He's too happy for Arrow. Doesn't he... And I may need to go back and read some books to make sure, but I think he does work for Star Labs. Mm. That would make sense. But I think... But I need to go back and verify that. But, yeah, so... All right. Uh... That's going to do it for us here on this episode. Uh, Paul likes to keep leaving. Uh, I'd like to thank Catherine and Paul for joining us on this episode's discussion. Uh, Stay tuned to thetempleofgeek.com for your all-new episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit thetempleofgeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.